0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 44th episode of the Connectivity Podcast. I'm Matthias Fridström, and I've spent the last 25 years inside the connectivity community. In this pod, we invite guests to deep dive into one or many subjects to simply learn more about connectivity. And in this 44th episode, I'm extremely happy to continue to talk to Marina Otero. Is it... Very important for governments to be involved when data centers are built, or do you believe that the private market could build their own data centers and that will handle everything, or should there be a combination? Have you seen any trends in the places you've looked at in terms of government involvement versus private investment?
1: Oh, my experience uh, has been that um, government has been quite flexible, let's say, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, in how the conditions offered to data centers to be um, coming to their lands So they have created facilities and it's like make it easy for these companies to to come. Um, And I understand why, but that's also what happens is that the regulations and the planning around these facilities was not very well developed. In many cases, it was not developed at all. So there was not a vision in relation to how these infrastructures are going to be part or connected to existing ones. And, And other type of you know, settlements and organ- uh, organizations of the territory. So I think the, the question is that, yeah, it has been very welcoming by the part of the governments to bring these industries, but now they face the reality that they have somehow to intervene a little bit more because of these conditions that we have been discussing um, with popular pressure to actually regulate them. So there is, the, for instance, the European Code of Conduct for data centers, there are uh, different conversations happening in countries like the Netherlands about legislation for the construction of data centers. So I think something that before was not so much regulated, in certain places it is being regulated right now. Still, the the conditions are very Mm. different in different countries, Um, but I think there is much more scrutiny over the functioning of data centers. And, but I also think that the industry itself is very much aware of the possibilities and challenges. And they are like already looking forward and developing models that makes their operations more sustainable. Uh, Looking into different ways of refrigeration um, and looking into different uh, systems for uh, water usage etc. So I think this goes in parallel.
0: All right. Uh, oh, that's good. Um, when I read about you before, I could see that you also spoke about some really cool area. You said that you had some ideas around uh, data centers in space uh, and you, had, you, you <laughs> talked to some NASA people and so on. Just a flavor of that, you know, what what is that and, and how could that be something in the future? Do you really believe that?
1: Yeah, so I'm interested in Different things. So not only the data centers that are already built, hmm. but the ones of the future. So I'm interested in what are the new frontiers for data center design. And I mentioned some of them, like obviously these uh, underwater data centers that are very much a reality. And then now uh, we can go from the bottom of the sea to the depth of the, uh, you know, galaxies, because there are different um Industries. uh, In particular, for instance, I've been in connection with people from NASA, but also the company Thales Aletnia, uh, who is working with the European Union to develop a vision for data centers orbiting the Earth. The reason is that um, data centers could harvest uh, solar energy directly, Mm. Um, they can dissipate the surplus heat directly to the cosmos. Mm-hmm. They and uh, you know they they have like different demands, for instance, that are not affecting in certain ways populations on Earth. So there are certain advantages of having data centers in space. Obviously there can improve communications for space missions, could uh, harness certain security uh, as well for governments and, but at the same time, they are trying to see what is the balance between these benefits, but also the big amount of energy and resources needed to actually launch those Mm. data centers into space and how to maintain them, if they will be maintained at all, what is the lifespan of these type of infrastructures. But yeah, in general, there are different people looking into, into these possibilities but also in others that are equally exciting. For instance, um, if we change the medium of a storage, we change completely the architectural data centers. So I've been looking into people uh, doing research on uh, DNA data storage of fluorescent dye, silica, as mediums for uh, storing information. And that is a game changer as well. So that changes the preconception, that idea that we have about a data center, like a box, big box in the middle of, you know, the countryside. Or So that's uh, something that I'm also following, and I'm interested in in exploring it even further.
0: Now, mm. oh, that's very interesting. When, when, if you would guess, do you feel we would have a data center in space before 2030? Is that realistic, or is this further out?
1: Yeah, I do think because it's already been tested. I mean, maybe a smaller scale, but mm-hmm. if, uh, let's say infrastructures that are attached to satellites and that are connected to data gathering and processing. That's already happening, and um, I know there are different companies that are doing some tests um, now. A uh, fully operated operative data center, like uh, I don't know <laughs> if if we are gonna be there, but. Uh, prototypes uh, or certain aspects of it will surely be be developed, I guess.
0: Mm. No, that's good. And, and we've heard earlier guests, guests on this podcast that talked about data centers on the moon and, and data centers underwater and so on. And I, I, so there are, as you said, you know, there are things being developed as we speak. So one thing you mentioned earlier on was security. And I guess in a world like today, when, when things are yeah, not going in the best direction, how do you view this? You know, Do you feel that the data center owners are thinking more of this than they've done before, or is this something? And now I talk about physical security of the data center. You mentioned in Australia that you have to be respondent for, for natural disasters, but do you feel that the other type of security is also on the agenda for data centers?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, something that surprises me, but I have to say... I might not be aware of all the concerns, but um, is that despite the fact that we are thinking about digital infrastructure, the physical security, it was a must for data centers. So all these different technologies to filter people inside the data center from face scans, fingerprints, like uh, security doors and different different like so many types of technologies and filters to prevent that someone who is not part of the data center gets in. And as much as I understand it, uh, I also imagine that the threat of uh, hacking might also come from other realms that are not necessarily breaking into a facility. So uh, I think there's uh, obviously the concern of security, but it's also the way in which clients want to be reassured of the security that the facility provides to their data, and in certain ways, I will claim—and it maybe sounds a little bit uh, provocative—that there is a performance of security. So obviously, security is important, but I have the feeling that it's a bit theat- theatrically cre- created as well, mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: because.
1: Yeah, I think it's a form of reassurance for clients like your data is safe, like so many cages and doors and systems and screens. And I don't know to such a extent that's where the security should be. I imagine it, it is, but it is surprising. And I say that because in one location I'm not going to disclose, one of the architects was telling me that they designed the data center completely in wood because mm-hmm. actually it was for. You know, it was performing better, sustainable. You no, know, it was much more sustainable. The construction emits less CO2 that building up in concrete. But the client was scared to see the walls of the data centers being made in wood because of fire concerns, which, I mean, is treated wood. It's not, <laughs> so it's prepared for uh, For these questions. So at the end, the concern was such that uh, the data center had to cover the wood structure with plaster just to give the image of security that the client was demanding. So, in certain ways, what I want to say is obviously security is uh, fundamental, but at the same time, it also prevents certain ideas about security prevents data centers to advance in certain directions. There is also, for me, a very important question that is: Well, I don't understand why data centers have to operate like um, extremely secure locations, almost like a, you know, security camera, like security rooms in a bank. It is true that certain data has to be safe in such a way, but many data that we produce and consume could be actually be more open. So at some point, I think there's the need to, as a society, to start differentiating different ecologies of data. And what are the needs that this data needs for being stored? And so I say that because thinking through those terms, we can imagine that a data center can be as we design it, almost like a very safe compound. But it could also be like a public library where people can access knowledge, and can enter freely and, you know, can consult information. So I I imagine that there is this debate has to happen in terms of what is the data that is stored in those centres, for whom, what is the the security for, and if all the data has to be secured in such a way, or there are other types of facilities where data can be stored and processed and still, Uh, be more friendly and be more connected to the everyday life of citizens around the world.
0: Oh, um, I completely agree with you. And I think the criticality of the data is, of course, super important. And and as you said, you know, we don't need to protect everything the same way. Uh, Then we would just waste resources on, on things that doesn't need to be protected and the other way around. Very interesting. Sustainability. You mentioned sustainability here, and I guess everyone that you come to will tell you that sustainability is important for them. But do you really feel it is important for them, or they, do they only say that? And in the end, the cost will be the most important factor for building a new data center. Or, or how, how do you view that? You know, when you when you've seen so many different well, locations y- now.
1: Yes, yes, it's exactly as you say. Many people that I meet and talk with when I visit data centers, they, off the records, might say that um, at the end, you know, the PR team is very eager to present uh, ideas about sustainability, green energy, and, but at the end of the day, what drives the, the business is economy. So that's, that's the case of many, many co centers that they have, their statements look better than the actual facilities of what they do. I understand that it takes time to, you know, it's such a big investment to develop a data center, and it's not so easy to change all the systems and adapt them, but... It, it is important to do it. So in many cases, yes, there is a narrative that is a mismatch between the narrative that is projected outside and what happens inside the data center. Although there are certain places in which I do see a genuine care and a genuine interest in implement, uh, implementing different systems that are consuming less energy and less water. So I think it's, it's getting there and it it is a many people have described it is a it's a journey <laughs> like mm-hmm, yeah. sustainability journey that's i heard about it uh, especially in australia quite often saying that yeah we we have our, our objective there but it's still we are in a journey <laughs> which means it is still not uh, you know fully implemented and it will take much more Debates and effort by the industry to to make investments in these infrastructures.
0: Yeah. Do you feel there are correct measures out there to measure sustainability for data centers? Do they have a chance of proving their sustainability or is that just up to each one of them to give whatever view they have on PowerPoint to everyone and then we just have to trust them Or I know that there's been some attempt in the data center world to find real measurements of this, but it seems that we don't really get anywhere with this. I, I saw something around fossil-free data and so on. But do you feel there are measurements out there, or does everyone have to invent the wheel on this themselves?
1: As I say, I think there are uh, trying to. There are certain attempts to create uh, frameworks. For instance, this European Code of Conduct mm-hmm. and other forms of regulation, but it is also true that it's difficult to prove. So, I mean, numbers are are there, and um, in many cases, it's a question of trust. Um, so, as you say, uh, what is said and what actually happens might be a bit different, although I don't have somehow the expertise to actually confirm or not the the claims of these data centers. What I can see is I try to, it's, it's important to travel at the end. It's important to travel to see these different data centers because it's true that there are some mismatches between what you see in a website and what you see when you go there when you see what you follow the pipelines of the data center, understand where the energy comes from, et cetera. So I try to do that job. I try to go to locations, but also understand the territory where these data centers operate, how they harness their energy, how they operate, what, yeah. Um, So, but still, uh, it's difficult to measure. Um, And I will say that I've at least I've met a few people who are doing the work and others that are maybe in a journey, <laughs> yep. but it will be, it will be indeed good to uh, create a much more clear system for, um, in terms of accountability. Um, so everyone has a better perspective of what we are talking about when we are talking about energy efficiency or water usage, because the numbers vary very much um, at the end. Uh, is is very difficult to get the numbers of our data center, yeah. at
0: least to the public. Yeah, all right. Uh, you mentioned earlier about you being in Spain talking to some people around quantum computing, and and if that's something that can sort of change the data center world in the future, if you know, if you can store everything in a in a piece of in a box instead of a data center that is 200 hectares large you know what do you feel there's any reality in this do you think this could happen or how do you view that piece i know that's not your expert field but i was just because i know you have talked about it
1: no it's, it's absolutely interesting so in in a way the people that i'm working with and the physics center for instance chomil romero they are expecting a very important uh, IBM supercomputer, like quantum computer, that will arrive in the next years. Mm -hmm. So we're having this conversation and uh, trying to understand what will be the impacts. I think there are benefits, but also challenges connected to quantum computing. First of all, there is also a lot of energy needed to keep the places, the rooms where these computers are at the, um, at the right temperature, that is actually very low. So, there are many people trying to develop at room like temperature conditions, so in which quantum computing can be operating in room temperature, but that's still being developed. So, you can waste less energy in certain ways because operations take shorter times, So the data centers don't have to, I mean, the the system doesn't have to operate so long. But at the same time, the type of energy that is consumed by uh, a data center, a supercomputer, is also huge. Recently, I was in Los Angeles, and I was with with, uh, an expert on these questions, that is Eric Ostby. And he was telling me something very interesting that was about data storage, like quantum data cannot be stored because it's very fragile. So you run operations in a quantum computer, but you cannot store those operations. You can only store the information translated into binary code Mm -hmm. and that you can read with a normal computer. So if you want to do, you cannot trace the entire process made by the quantum computer. You can only repeat the experiment to see if you get the same data. What I found it interesting is that this cap- lack of capacity to store quantum data and that is so fragile and uh, ephemeral in certain ways, so you cannot grasp it. And ma- it made me think, well, why we are we accumulating actually so much information? So many cases we keep and keep on storing information just in case of processes, or, you know, data just in case we need it in the future. And obviously, it's an entire resource. It's a new resource that builds up capital. So there are many people interested in accumulating more information because that creates, yeah, it's a currency. But at the same time, I think maybe we don't have to store so much information. And the question that quantum computing and quantum data doesn't allow to store that information, it's actually fascinating because opens up different understandings of our relation with data and keeping everything, all the information connected to processes. So in, you asked me, I will be much more advocating for uh, storing a bit less, although big corporations are more interested in finding ways to compress information. So instead of deleting information, making it more compact so we can store more in less space. Whereas I think that we have to have a different conception of our relation with data and be a bit more mindful about what it takes to generate so much information, process it, and so on. So maybe we have to consume less, as we have to consume less in many other fields of our life. Maybe data is one of these resources that it uh, will be better if we just use less of it.
0: All right, uh, that's <laughs> that sounds really, that's a, that's a really good uh, yeah. I like that uh, conclusion that you've drawn there. Uh, we're coming to the end of this conversation. I, I could keep on forever because I think this is really really interesting. I, I like it. But last question, you know, if you and I would have this conversation in five years, what do you think we would talk about in terms of data centers? Will we look at a lot more data centers in the world or will we look at data centers in new cool places or what would we talk about? Oh,
1: that's, uh, that's very interesting. I think we will be thinking about data centers not as isolated facilities or not most of them isolated facilities in certain parts of the world, but as infrastructures that are much more uh, connected and ingrained within the urban fabric and the fabric of cities and, and urban spaces. So for instance, I'm very interested in decentralized ideas connected to data storage. Mm-hmm. And I think those are probably ones that I, you ask me, would like to see. So instead of big, big the um, facilities operating data in remote locations, having a much more closer relation with that information, both in terms of ownership Sovereignty, but also understanding what it takes to process, keep, maintain data. So I will say, yeah, decentralized networks of data centers operating at the urban scale. Obviously, it's not the only one. I think at the end, as every technology, there will be a combination of them. So we will keep on having these huge facilities in certain parts of the world. We'll have some um, data centers on space, data centers underwater. We will be storing information in ADN. Um, uh, we will store information in the centralized network. So I think it will be a again an ecosystem of solutions for that will actually make it more efficient instead of just having one architecture, one type of uh, solution for data storage. Understanding the complexity of data and these different needs and trying to find solutions for different cases and I think, yeah, I, uh, I imagine something like that, more like a garden of different different uh, in architectures for data storage
0: Alright, I think that was a good conclusion, a garden of different solutions I think that's, that's really th- so thank you very much Marina for, for joining me on this podcast and, and great to talk to you
1: Thank you, thank you for having me
0: Thanks everyone for listening. We will soon be back with a new guest. So please follow us on X Connectivity Pod for updates. Stay tuned until next time.